Last week, we saw how the purpose of a team is not to beat each other up, but to encourage one another into the victory. Let's see what our basketball prodigy, Tad, and his friends learned today. Guys, I'm bored. Let's get out of here. Let's go watch some Netflix. Yeah, these shorts are way too short anyway. Let's bounce. All right, all right. It looks like you guys had enough of playing with each other. I've got a plan. Let's huddle up. You guys have done a great job practicing your personal skills, finding a team, and encouraging your team. Now you're going out in the community and finding other ones to join you. And that's what it's all about. Hands in. Get in the game on three. One, two, three. Get in the game! Yeah, Tad. Uh, yeah, Tad. Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Thank you so much for, for being here and uh, being a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and I'm joined by some good friends here. Um, this is Dave and Gail Bisbee, and I've got a Beverly Hunter with us. Why don't you give it up for the Bisbees and for Beverly. Today, uh, in week four of our series, Get in the Game, we're going to be talking about what it means to have our faith put in action through serving. And uh, I wanted uh, you to hear from Dave and Gail Bisbee this morning because they are the people who lead the effort in our community. Uh, and by the way, they're part of our church. Uh, I'm sure you didn't know that by their shirts, but they are part of our, our church. And uh, Dave and Gail lead the effort for our Thanksgiving community dinner. And Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about that dinner, if you would. Okay, this is a... Uh the 20th annual community Thanksgiving dinner. I'm real proud of the fact that it's the 20th. Gail and I weren't here that long, but uh, <laughs> we've, we've been here f for a while, and we're real, real proud that it's serving its 20th year. I want to emphasize that it is a community Thanksgiving dinner. It is a dinner for everybody. Mm. Uh, we serve 14 to 1,500 people, a traditional sit-down, family-style Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day out at Hudson's, uh, and they've been doing that every year. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the dinner is free, yes. but we encourage uh, donations from the people that, uh, that come and eat with us. Um, the donations, 100% go to uh, two other organizations here on the island. One is Deep Well, yeah. a yep. organization supported right organization. by this church, and the other is Bluffton Self-Help. Uh, this year, in addition to serving uh, the sit-down dinner, we're branching out a little bit, and we're going to deliver Thanksgiving dinner to Family Promise, another awesome. group that this church supports, and to the maternity ward at uh, Hilton Head Community Hospital. Isn't that cool? So it's expanding, isn't that? That's great. I mean, uh, you know, to do something for our community in a Thanksgiving dinner, but then also to serve other organizations. I, I'm just so excited about that and proud to be a part. And um, I know that we as a church have been a part of that community dinner. In fact, Sean and I served 
uh, last year, we, we, when we got there, we were um, you know, rolling silverware, and then within an hour, we were back cutting turkeys. And uh, so it's, it really is a lot of fun. Everybody was safe. It's all good. Okay, so uh, I, I was the one that was using the knife, so it's all good. But uh, tell us, um, I know we've been involved before pretty heavily. Um, we are again this year. Tell us a little bit about that and how they can get involved this year if, if they can. The, uh, the church has, has been involved virtually as long as we've been coming here. Uh, it started that they'd let me get up here on the stage and ask for volunteers <laughs> like I'm doing today. Uh, and last year, the church made a financial contribution. As I said, all of our donations go straight to these other organizations. So we look for funding elsewhere. And the church has committed to give us uh, uh, financial support in years to come. But the biggest thing that this church has done for us, I think, is the volunteers. Uh, the first year uh, that we were here, we had 20 people from the church volunteer. Last year, over 20% of our 350 volunteers came from this church. That's awesome. Way to go, church. That's awesome. Really is, man. That's fantastic. And how can they get involved this year? Gail? Okay. Uh, you can either fill out the Get in the Game card that lets us know you're interested. David will give you a call, let you know what's available and when. Or you can go to communitythanksgiving.com, fill out a form that comes directly to me. If what you choose is available, you'll be immediately added to the list. If what you choose is not available, then you'll get a phone call. Otherwise, you'll get a confirmation email from me starting about the 15th of October. It is an amazing day. I want to encourage you, if you can, this Thanksgiving to be involved and uh, be a part. And uh, I mean, you know, besides all of that, the, the food is excellent. And uh, Hudson's opens their doors to this community. And what a great partnership that is um, with uh, the community Thanksgiving dinner. And we're so thankful, Dale, Gail and Dave, that you guys lead that effort. Beverly, you've got some boxes up on um, the, the table here today. And uh, tell us a little bit about this organization and this ministry called Operation Christmas Child. Operation Christmas Child, as many of you know, um, is a ministry of Franklin Graham Samaritan Purse. Um, we do this every year here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Um, this box is a plastic box that has been around, but this year the church is ordering many of them for you. And the cardboard box is going to be larger than this this year so that you can put in a collapsible um, soccer ball and pump for the older boys, which is one of the toy selections. Um, this globally, over 11 million boxes were delivered last year. And in, in the Beaufort County area, over 15,000 boxes That's came incredible. out of this. Um, Absolutely incredible. Uh, this county. Uh, the, this is a ministry that's been going on for 25 years. You pack toys, toiletries, stuffed animal, a doll, school supplies, um, and op, um, $9 mm. to help, help cover shipping and handling. It just helps. Yep. And you can go online and do it, and then you can track your box. And last year, mine went to Madagascar and Burundi. So wow. it made me go on Incredible. the globe and look and see where those places are. <laughs> and if you would like, you could put in a, 
photo, the, the, the kids love to get a photo, and some of them go around and say, this is my mom and dad, and, you know, because they, they're or, orphans or they're um, in hospitals. A lot of them don't have parents, and in any case, many of them, most of them, are spiritually or physically in poverty. Mm. And with that in mind, Beverly, tell us, because we're going to be talking today about um, what it means to uh, have our faith be put in action through service. Um, tell us really how this organization and, and this effort uh, dovetails into the gospel message and the good news of Jesus. Seeds of the gospel are planted all over the world, to the far corners of the world, and create um, an opportunity not only to share the gospel, because uh, Samaritan's Purse puts in an age-appropriate booklet in every box. Mm. But they also have a 12-week Greatest Journey program that some of the children opt into. And they get a Bible, and five million of them last year made decisions to follow Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Think about that for a minute. Five million kids through that effort. And, and so, you know, there's so many different ways. One that goes globally to the ends of the earth that you can easily be involved with. I know every year... Um, our kids are involved with uh, putting toys and, and all the different things in these boxes um, that goes all the way to the world and helps spread the gospel to the world. And then something like our own, right in our own backyard here at Hudson's, uh, a community dinner. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Um, Beverly, how can they get involved in, in uh, you know, filling a box and being a part yeah, of Operation in a, in a couple of weeks, we'll have boxes here. And you can take a box home and fill it. Uh, there'll be instructions, and we just ask if you take a box and don't have time to complete it, and you can bring just items to go in a box, too, if you don't have time to do a whole box. Just bring it back because the church pays a dollar and a half for this box and 50 cent for this box, so we just want to be good stewards of this. You can also sign up, and Ed Callahan and I will, will give you the information on this, and you can sign up to go to Charlotte and pack at the packing center. Yeah. It's huge, and it's <laughs> so exciting. We work six hours. You can work less yeah. and be a part of a team from this church. Yeah. And it's, it's just wonderful. It's great. Yeah. I just Go have ahead. one other sure. thing to say is you can put anything you want in these boxes. You follow, they, there's directions. Yeah. But one, they, you, when we check the boxes in Charlotte, we never take anything else unless it's something that can't go on in like a knife or a gun sure. or toy gun <laughs> um, or liquid. Yes. Yep. But one, one story they told us is that a box had all socks in it, just mm. a box full of socks. Well, that mm. was odd. <laughs> they, to, they do tell you, pray before you pack a box. Mm. Pray over your box mm. after you've completed yep. it. But yeah. they, they thought, well, we could put something in that box, but you can't take those socks out, yeah. you know, even though it might be 10 pairs of socks. It went to a kid in an African nation, and he had burned his feet, and he oh. needed those socks. Oh, wow. 
So only the Lord told those persons, you know, you would think you were crazy if the Lord said, put in all socks. Wow, that's incredible. It really is. That's amazing. That is God at work. Uh, through this. Um, Dave, share with me, I may put you on the spot here, but share with me how the Thanksgiving dinner also is a part of sharing that message of, of Jesus to the world, to our world here, our own community. When I was hungry, you gave me food. Oh, man. Uh, throughout mm. the New Testament, meals are important. Yeah. Uh, Jesus uses meals to engage with people. Mm. And to teach lessons. And there's, everybody knows the loaves and fishes. Mm -hmm. There's the uninvited guests to Simon's house. Jesus ate with a tax collector who was considered someone you shouldn't be around. And of course, there's the Last Supper. When you Mm -hmm. volunteer with us, you're engaging with people in the community. And you are teaching them that you care. Mm. That's right. Uh, you are serving That's as right. we've been commanded to do. That's right. Man, thank you so much. Why don't you give it up for Gail and Dave and Beverly. Here you go. I'm going to give that to you. Wow. You know, you just think about uh, the effects of these projects that we might think really are just kind of normal, average. It's not. It is all a part. It's all a part of what we do. And Dave and Gail and Beverly, thank you so much. You can understand um, why I just am so thankful um, to be serving at a church where we have a group of people and they are just, you know, a small portion of the people um, who just get it, just understand what it means to serve. And today, um, as we uh, come to week four of our series, Get in the Game, um, just to bring you up to speed, and I want to encourage you if you haven't been a part these past few weeks, go back online. You can go back and, and check things out. And by the way, everything that they just mentioned is, is included in the Get in the Game card. Uh, that you received when you came in today. When you came in today, you received a worship folder, and inside of that is a get-in-the-game card, and both of these ministries, uh, both of these service opportunities are um, included in there. And so if you want to be a part of that, make sure that you fill that get-in-the-game card out today. Today, I want to just just focus for a few minutes this morning about what it means to be Jesus through serving Serving in these ways, but maybe serving in some ways that just come about in the normal course of life. I think as we, as Christ followers, go through life, we often forget about the impact that we can make in the simple things, in the daily things that come up in our lives. And I think that we often miss opportunities to serve both each other and to serve our community. Jesus looked all the time for ways to serve people that were around him. He looked for ways to serve his followers, his disciples. We often have this picture of, you know, 12 disciples around Jesus. And in reality, it was many, many more, perhaps hundreds of people who began to follow Jesus and kind of follow, as they say, in the dust of the the rabbi. And he would serve them, and he would serve them often. And the reason that he served them 
physically. And the reason that he gave them food and served them in some of the ways that Dave just so eloquently mentioned is um, because he cared for them spiritually. You see, meeting a physical need was an avenue to open up the door to meeting the greatest need, and that's the spiritual need that we all have. I got to tell you that um, as we've kind of walked through this series, we began with some of the foundational principles of what it means to have a faith walk, the, the, you know, different disciplines that we should have to be growing in our faith with Jesus, to be understanding what God's word says about our relationship with him. And we talked about personal skills. And, and I hope that many of you joined in the 21-day uh, challenge over the past um, 21 days and getting into the Word um, and, and studying. And my prayer is, is that was a rich time for you. And that's the basis on which we do everything else. And week two, we talked about what it means to, we called it team practice, what it means to be a part of a group. And I know many of you have signed up for groups. We had Chris share, continue to pray for the McBride family. Um, they are in Charlotte right now. And uh, be praying for Andrew, as, uh, her son um, is suffering in many ways. And I, I want to encourage you to go back and uh, uh, listen to that message in week two. Uh, last week, we talked about friendlies. And we talked about um, really what it means to serve within the walls of these church within the walls of this church and to serve on Sunday because it takes between about 60 and 80 people to make this happen every Sunday and we need your help. And I'm so excited because so many of you filled out one of those get in the game cards and many of you are jumping into the deep end of the pool and you're finding your place to serve. You're finding where you're fitted and most suited to serve. And I'm so excited about that. But starting today and over the course of these next three weeks, today, next week, and the week after that, we're going to be talking about what it means to put this faith into action. Because far too often, I've been guilty of this so many times, far too often as Christians, um, we learn those skills necessary to grow in our faith, and, and we might even serve each other, and we might get in a small group, and, and then we kick our feet up, and we're really content, Right? We kick our feet up and we become very content in our faith. I, I want you to hear this today, and I realize this is not a popular message, and I'm not going to be a popular pastor after I say this, but a content faith is not what Jesus intended. A content faith was not why God sent his son to this world to redeem humanity. It wasn't for our contentment. And man, we can so easily just slowly gravitate towards a contentment and a complacency in our faith. When I was growing up, there was a little Sunday school song. Some of you went to Sunday school, and it was, the song was, you know, don't hide your light uh, under a bushel. Do you remember that? Some of you may remember that song. Don't take this wonderful thing that God has given you and just keep it to yourself. Jesus' words to us and his challenge to us, in fact, his greatest challenge in Matthew 28, we looked at it last week, uh, we're going to look at it again today, is this, check this out in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He says, go, therefore, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe 
all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. That same great commission is repeated in Mark, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said to them, talking about his disciples, he says, say that next word with me, go into all the world. And what's that next word? Proclaim. Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That proclamation part is where um, a lot of people kind of bristle, right? These, these Christians who always want to tell me about Jesus. These Christians who always want to tell me about their faith and how God has changed them. And sometimes the world bristles, but God gave us a command. He gave us this commission to go and to proclaim. That word in Mark, it's used in Mark for the very first time, is the, is the original word where we get our, our word evangelism from. And I realize some of you are like, evangelism, I don't like that. Unfortunately, what the world has done is it's equated evangelism with fundamentalism, and that's not the case. That's not the case. You see, the world doesn't need a group of Christians who continue to remind them about all the rules. The world doesn't need a bunch of Christians who remind them about behavior over and over and over again. Yes, Christ-likeness, yes, righteousness, but not behavior. The world doesn't need another group of religious people telling them about religiosity. What he says here is he says to go in Mark 16, 15. He says, go into all the world and proclaim and that word literally means to speak with your lips. And what is it that he wants us to proclaim? The gospel. That's another word that the world may not like and that we may have a bad image of. But literally all it means is good news. That's all it means is good news. And isn't it true that God's redemption through Jesus is the best news in the whole world, in the story of humanity? It absolutely is. And he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Go, make disciples, baptize. He says, go again in Mark. And he says, proclaim. And in Acts 1 verse 8, when Jesus is um, about ready to leave after he's died and he spent 40 days on earth, He's appeared to over 500 different people, and he's with his disciples, and I'm sure they're scared. In fact, they're probably terrified. He leaves them, and he gives them this command. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Essentially, what Jesus did was he gave them a map with concentric circles, and he says, I want you to start here, and I want you to expand out from this place. And I want you to be my witnesses. You see, today, if you're a Christ follower in here, I want you to hear this, that once you become a Christian, once you become a Christian, once you put your faith in Jesus, at that point in time, regardless of what your religious background has said, regardless of what you've heard in the past, um, you and I as Christians, we have this responsibility 
to in some form or fashion go into our communities, to go into our neighborhoods, to go into our cities and into our nations and out into the world and to in some form or fashion spread the good news of Jesus. Jesus began by doing it through intentional acts of service in a thousand different ways. I mean, I mean he, Dave Bisbee just did an amazing job of explaining how he did this. Um, he did it in so many different ways. He fed those who were hungry. He often fed those who were hungry. He often served water to those who were thirsty. He provided through a miracle wine at a wedding where wine had run out. And we know wine can't run out at a wedding, right? He healed those who were sick and lame and blind. He raised the dead to life. But you know what Jesus also did? He washed dirty feet. He washed dirty feet. I want you to hear that again. He washed dirty feet. And he died for the forgiveness of our sins. And I've got to believe that part of the sharing of the gospel message, part of the proclaiming with our lips, is the, maybe even the beginning of it is serving the world around us like Jesus served the world around us. He says this in John 1, check this out, in 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give you. He says, the new commandment that I give you is to love one another. Is to love one another. That changed everything. It summed up the whole of the law of the Old Testament law. He even says that the, the summation, the conclusion of everything is that we love one another. And he says, just as I have loved you, love one another. I mean, this is Jesus, God's only son, saying, your job is to love each other, to love each other in a way that I loved you. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. In verse 35, he says, by this all people will know that you are my, my disciples if you have love for one another. What did Jesus tell us to do? What was the new command? It was to love. How did he say to do it? He said to do it like he did it. What was it supposed to accomplish? It was supposed to be a light in a dark world. And church, I want you to know, as Hilton Head Island Community Church, we, we've got a lot of great things in front of us. How many of you were at Vision Night last night? Well, you got, many of you were at Vision Night. We had about 60 or 70 at Vision Night. It was awesome. We talked about different things that I believe God has for us over the course of the next couple years. One of those things is acquiring Building B right across this uh, parking lot. Um, those of you who were there last night, you got to walk in and see it. We're going to try to open it up on a Sunday morning sometime coming up over the next few weeks. I'm excited about that. But you know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited about us serving in Belize. Maybe even helping start a church in Belize. I, I loved Beverly's story about the soccer ball because 
um, when we went to Belize this last year, we went um, to a, a new village where we had just served a little bit, but we really haven't like established a partnership. The name of the village is Billy White. Isn't that hilarious? A village in Belize with the name of Billy White. And we went into Billy White, and I'm telling you, if, if, like, if you brought one soccer ball to Billy White, you would have a war on your hands. If you brought 60 for all the 60 boys that lived in there, they'll love you for life. That's serving the world around us. Helping prepare a meal for our community is serving the world around us. Scott Mackay is always trying to find ways. He's our, our pastor, our community pastor and pastor of adults, and he does an amazing job finding ways for you and for me to have opportunities to serve the world around us. But I want you to hear this, church. If we don't do it in our own homes, and if we don't do it to our neighbors, to the right and to the left of us, yeah, the ones that have the big party that keeps you up all night or parks their car on you know, your pine straw, come on now, you can't do that in Hilton Head, right? I mean, if we don't do it to those who are right around us, I'm not sure that we really get it. We can go all over the world and serve, but if we don't do it to those who we come in contact with on a daily basis, whether students, they're in your school or in your neighborhood or if it's a friend who um, might be in need, if we don't do it to those we come in contact with, I, I don't know what in the world that we're doing, doing it everywhere else around the world. Our job is to serve like Jesus did. And this was someone who came to this earth on mission to die for our sins. The big idea this morning is three parts, but we're only going to be focused on this one today. And that is, as we serve others the way that Jesus served. That's our job. If you're a Christian in here, if you're a Christ follower in here, our job is to serve others the way that Jesus served. Over the course of the next two weeks, you guys are going to hear that we will also live as ambassadors for Christ. That's the second thing, that we'll live as ambassadors for Christ. And then lastly, that we take every opportunity to share our story of how Jesus changed our lives. Today, the challenge is, is how well are you serving in your own community, in your own neighborhood, maybe even in your own home. I love the story, many of you know about Salvation, the Salvation Army. It's a great organization that does so many good things for so many people. In fact, the school that I went to in Atlanta was a Salvation Army school, and some of my friends from high school um, grew up benefiting from the Salvation Army. They've done an amazing job. Well, in 1878, when William Booth's Salvation Army was just beginning to make its mark, Men and women from all over the world began to enlist to be a part. That's what they call it, to be a part of the Salvation Army. One man who had once dreamed of becoming a bishop, he crossed the Atlantic from America to England to enlist in the Salvation Army. Samuel Brengel left a fine pastorate to join Booth's Salvation Army, Army. but at first... General Booth accepted his services reluctantly and begrudgingly. Booth said to Brengel, get this, you've been your own boss for far too long. In order to instill humility in Brengel, he set him to work cleaning the boots of the other trainees. Discouraged, Brengel said to himself, 
Have I followed my own fancy across the Atlantic in order to blacken boots? Is that what I've done? And then as in a vision, this one writer says, he saw Jesus bending over the feet of rough, unlettered fishermen. Lord, he whispered, you washed their feet. I'll black their boots. Today, I want to ask you, how well are you serving your community? How well are you serving those right around you? What can you do to get in the game, to come off the bench of this thing called faith and put your faith into action? My prayer is, is that over the course of the next week and days to come that you'll think of one thing that you can do. And maybe God will grow that into another thing and maybe he'll grow it into another thing and all of a sudden you will begin to serve the world around you in the same way that Jesus served the world around him and by the way, served us by giving his life. That's what get in the game truly means. That's what the culmination of everything we've been talking about means. And yes, we're going to define that more in the next few weeks. But man, that's it. When we get that, when we get that helping set the table for thousands of people in our community to have a meal or for grabbing a box here in a few weeks when they arrive and putting toys in it or a soccer ball in it to be sent around the world so that millions of children can come to faith in Jesus. Man, that's when we get it. It's also when we walk across the street and help someone out who's in need, when we lend a hand to someone close to us. My prayer is that we as a church would be on mission and put our faith in action. Father God, I thank you so much for your love, for your grace. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of salvation. And so often we forget to give you thanks for that greatest thing you did for us. We forget to give you thanks for sending your son into this world to die for our sins. And God, I thank you that there are many people who are here today or their future is in heaven because of you serving us by sending your son. But in his 33 years, while he was on mission to die for our sins, he served the world around him in remarkable and practical ways. And God, I pray that we would dig deep as Christ followers, that we wouldn't miss, that I wouldn't miss the opportunity to just walk across the room or to walk across the street or to maybe even reach across our own family room and serve the way that you served. God, I pray that you would help us to change our mindset from this idea that um, all these things are small or someone else can do them. God, once we, once we accept you as our savior, our job is to be on mission. God, I pray that that would start in our hearts with serving, with finding ways to get involved, 
jumping in with some of these partners that we have in our community and around the world to serve our world like you served. By giving water to people who are thirsty, by clothing those who may be cold, by visiting those who are in jail, by lending a hand to someone who's in trouble, by praying with someone who's sick. And God, when we do that, I believe that's the beginning of what it means to share with the world what you've done in our hearts and our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do a work in each of us, God. I pray that it starts with me because I sometimes fail at this. And God, I pray that you would have each of us. God, just look inside to get introspective for a few moments and realize that we've got a great opportunity to reach our community for you. And it begins with this mindset of serving the world around us. We can't wait to see what you are going to do in our community, in our city, in our nation, and in our world because of the effort of so many people in this room, God. I pray that it begins by serving those around us the way that you did. In Jesus' name I pray.